Hey, 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 it's your girl. Just call me Jay Nicole. And this bookcast is about none other than why yours truly. But most importantly, it's about life with my bookends. So who are or what are my bookends, you may ask? They're my wonderfully talented two sons, also known as my heart and my heartbeat. Without them, life just was incomplete. And I know a lot of people are like, eh, but one of the biggest things that I desired in life was to become a mother. And at 18, I was told that there was a slim to none chance that that would even happen. So when God bestowed them upon me, they made my life complete. And they hold me upright. They give me perspective on what life is and what I should be doing in life. They actually give me purpose each and every day. And because of them, I now have this podcast to share with you the day in the life of the Walkers, or more specifically, the day in the life of Just Call Me Jay Nicole and life with my bookends. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Just Call Me Jay Nicole, and I'm back with a yet another episode. You guys sort of caught me in the middle of a kettle cook trip, but nevertheless, I want to come to you guys because I had such an awesome, awesome day today. And then it turned into a little sadness. And so I'm going to tell you guys about my day because, you know, this is my life. So I'm a special ed teacher in middle school. And I have a caseload of roughly 11 to 12 kids um, with all different types of disabilities. But I also teach 150 plus kids. Some of them are my caseload kids and some of them are not. And I call them my kids because I really feel like that. I'm with them for eight plus hours a day. Um, And the reason I say plus is because I'm a coach. Um, for an organization or a club that we run at the school. I come in if I need to tutor kids. I stay after school just to talk to them. Um, Whatever the case may be, because I know that for some of them, I am the only person who cares. So let's get to the caring part. I'm a nurturer by default. My heart is way bigger than it probably needs to be because my bank account does not reflect (laughs) the kind of resources that I really need to have to love on some of these kids like I would love to. And so today when I sat in a meeting with one of my kiddos' parents and um, we were holding an IEP meeting, and I met the dad as well. And it's and I and I bring emphasis on meeting the dad because not a lot of times we go into IEP meetings and we see the male figure of the person's life present. We will oftentimes see the mom there. And there have been a few times where there is no parent present. And that literally rips my heart out. But today the dad was there. And I could see the kind of love that the mom and dad, the mom and dad, the mom and dad shared amongst each other with between each other. But then I can also see the level of love from both mom and dad for their kid. 
wanting the best for their kid. And that made my heart sing to see parents who are so supportive, so involved in their kids' lives. And then the dad shocks me and he gives me this huge hug. Mom gives me this huge hug. And they tell me that out of all the teachers, and this kid has seven teachers, if not more. Actually, he has more because we have co-taught classrooms, which means there are two teachers in one classroom sometimes. So out of all the teachers that he has, I'm the one he talks about all the time. He absolutely adores me. And it confirms why I decided to get into this profession. It confirms why I went back to get another degree to make sure that I was proficient and knowledgeable of what I, what tools I needed to make sure that I was helpful in, in what I was going to do. And he, I left feeling so validated, not that I needed it, but um, out of the weeks that I've had leading up to this meeting, it was very much needed. And and I left sort of like skipping, uh, not literally, because girl can't skip like she used to, but no, literally skipping with joy that, okay, this these parents know that I am here for their kid and that I love their kid and I care about their kid, and he does too. And so I I know that I'm making the type of impact that I need to make. And then you fast forward to the end of my day where I have a student who is shutting down and doesn't feel like he should. He actually feels worthless. He has people who tells him that he's stupid. He has people who tease him at school who tell him that he's broke, he's poor, he's worthless. And then he's struggling with the very thing that he needs to have to be successful, which is reading. He's not from this country. He didn't learn English until he came to this country. And when he was in his homeland, his native country, the emphasis was not really placed on reading per my student. It was on numbers and math. So he has excelled at math up until this point, but now he's gotten to a point where he has word problems. And so where he thought he was king of the hill and math, now he's challenged and they introduce reading into the very area where he felt like he was worth it all. And now he feels worthless because he can't read. And he goes on to tell me about his home life. And then before we leave, he tells me, don't nobody care about me. And I'm like, I care about you. He's like, no, you don't. Teachers are not supposed to care about students. Guys, That breaks my heart, not just because I'm a teacher, but because I feel like I have so many teachers that saved me. And I don't mean because I had my life in danger, but because they turned on a switch in my life academically that I was like, oh, I'm going to be bomb in this class. I'm Oh, my God, I'm on fire. I love this subject. And then I also experienced the same thing with my 
oldest son, prior to finding out that he had ADHD and anxiety disorder, he ran into this wonderful, wonderful lady. I'm shouting you out. I love her even to this day, Miss Amanda Dent. And she understood my son. She got my son and she loved on him when he needed to be loved at school because I couldn't give him the love. I had to work. He had to go to school. And so she literally stood in the gap and gave him the very thing that I would have when I couldn't. So I know that there are teachers that are out there that care. And I expressed to him, no, I care about my students. And the crazier part about it is I, I thank God every day that I was connected with a wonderful teacher last year, uh, my first year at the school I'm at now. And she did a program in our classroom where each student in each class had a mailbox of their own and they had a challenge each week, which was they needed to find um, they we actually drew the names for them and they didn't know who the person. No one knew who they were writing to except for the person who they were writing to, if they make sense. But it was almost like secret pen pals. And they had to write one kind thing to another student. And even if they didn't know that person, they had to figure it out. And it actually created friendships and relationships because they had to get to know other people to write about something nice about them. So I took that little feather and plucked it and put it in my own hat and I created just random acts of kindness I guess you can say it was the I call it the weekly walker winners because I'm corny like that but I would take the time I would select two kids from each of my five classes so that was a total of 10 kids a week I will write a short sweet message to them and I would hand deliver it to them and it forged relationships and rapport between me and that student but it also created a a point in their lives where they felt worth it instead of worthless. It gave them something tangible to look at when they've had a crappy week because adults are not the only people who have crappy weeks. So ironically enough, I have written this kid a little what weekly, you know, message. And I just, Felt the need. I felt compelled to do so um, early into the school year because he and I got talking and he expressed that, you know, people's dumb. People told him he was dumb and I felt really bad about it because I hate kids to feel like that. This is the most detrimental part of and most pivotal part of their lives and they need to be fed into. They need to be sewn into. And the last thing you need to tell a kid is that they're dumb. So I wrote him a nice little letter and let him know that I care about him and that I know that he can do the work and that if he ever needs help, I'm here. And I meant that. And so there have been days where he's just not cooperating and doing what I need him to do in class. And I say, hey, where's that note that I that I wrote you? And he knows that's my little go to thing to sort of guilt trip him like, look now. But because of it. He 
he has someone who cares about him. And so today when he's telling me all of this, I reminded him, what did my letter say? What did my, my what did Miss Walker's letter say to you? He was like, but nobody else does. And in that moment, I felt very crappy. I felt horrible. I felt like I still have failed this kid because me caring was not enough. And then I had to tell myself, it's not, it's not enough because you're not home with him. He needs to feel like people who are in his community care about him, in his home care about him, and in his school. So if he only has one third of the whole pie, then he still longs to be loved and cared and about. So I left out, got ready to leave out of our meeting. I had built him back up and I told him, this is what we're going to do. I'll read to you. Every time you come to class, we're in a co-talk class, so it's two teachers in there, so I can sort of give him that opportunity to do so. I said, um, when you come to class, I'll read to you when we have something to read. And if you don't understand something, let me know, and I'll have, you know, explain it to you as best as I can. And there's some other kids in the classroom who speaks his native tongue. I said, I'll pull them over and, you know, see if they can in, and translate and interpret for me. So we have a deal. And before we leave out of that, my office, he pulls up his sleeve and he shows me where he's cutting himself. And guys, my heart crumbles. It really crumbles. And in this one school year long, I'm in a new content area. I went from teaching um, science and social studies last year to teaching English and reading this year. Then I'm at a great and different grade level. I taught eighth grade and I'm there on seventh grade. And I'm like, these are younger babies who are feeling worthless. And their, their sense of self-worthlessness is questioning their existence. And even if they're just cutting, they would rather do something that could create their death than to stay here in the space that we're trying to create for them. And I, and I hurt for them. I hurt for them so much. So much that I can't even put into words. I never felt worthless per se in my home. I was always surrounded by love. I was always just doted on. My family made me feel so very loved. I went to school and I don't even remember feeling like my teachers did not care. If anything, I was like, oh my God, I wish they would stop talking to my parents. But that showed me that they cared enough to talk to my mom and my dad about good, bad, and indifferent. And I think those teachers are the reason why I am the teacher I am today. But the other part that I walked away with is that because my caring is not enough, there's a lack of a village that we had when I was a kid. We no longer have mama damn down the street who looks out for everybody's kids. 
and the people at the school who are also your neighbors who look out for your children. We don't have the the person who is just your neighbor who just moved in, who comes over and you go over and you welcome to the neighborhood. You give them baked goods. We don't have that anymore. We don't want to look out for one another. And essentially it's costing us our youth. Why is there a lack of a village, guys? Why is it that our kids are hurting so bad? They need the village. They need to know that there is someone somewhere who they can reach out to because that person cares for them, because that person loves them. Oh, I'm hungry. That person has food. They'll feed me. Um, I'm lonely. That person is a shoulder to lean on and an ear to listen and I can go talk to them. I don't feel safe. I can communicate with this person how I'm feeling. Why is there a lack of a village? I, I, I never thought about this until I got into this profession for a while because I, I was in my own bubble. It was only about me and my children and my husband and we had our village And I looked out for my neighbor's kids because that's just my mindset. That's how I grew up. But now I'm in a new era. And I see and I'm exposed to so many kids who don't live like I live. And my kids live and my husband live. They do not even understand what a village is all they know is that when I go home these people are in my home when I come to school these people are in my school and if I play sports or do an activity those are people there they don't even see how they overlap or intertwine with one another and they don't recognize that when I'm at school Miss Walker is still available to me if I'm not in school. And that that note that Miss Walker wrote to me, I can take it home. I can put it in a safe place. And if I'm feeling alone, they I can reach out to that that letter and look at that letter and know that I'm not. I did something a little What some of the teachers around me considered weird, I gave out my phone number. I have a Google voice number. Thank you, Google, for making that a possibility. But I created this number. I give this number to my students and their parents. And I text parents because I realize we're in that age of technology. And I can call them from that number so they don't have my personal phone number. But I let them know Hey, I'm available. Like what's what's going on? Do I it's what's going on with my kid? And that's what I always tell them when they call me, I call them, whatever the case may be. My baby, my kid, my you know, whatever the case may be. They know. But I did that because I want to create a sense of a village to know that when you're not here, I'm standing in that gap for you. I might teach him or her, and I may look like their teacher, but guess what? I care. If something's going on that you need me to know, please feel free to. Reach out and just let me know whatever it is that I need to know. And just like how I would handle it with my kid, with the exception of (laughs) 
going ham, I will step in and be part of your village. But as I keep saying, I, I, I get why the village is not there. Some people went overboard with being the village and, and some things started happening um, that put our kids in harm's way. But we we have to bring the village back. Point blank, period. We have to bring the village back because our kids are suffering. While we're trying to establish this, you know, very secretive personal lifestyle, our kids are hurting. While we're out here trying to keep up with the Joneses, while we're trying to create the space that we think is right for our children, they are missing some of the key elements that they need for their childhood, for their livelihood, for their their future to be successful, to be surrounded and just covered In every play, in every place in their lives, in every aspect of their lives, they just really need that, and they're missing it because our village is behind the four four walls that we call our home. We don't want anybody to um, tiptoe in there and see what's really going on. We're missing that because the very people who we used to have as part of our village, they miss. They overstep their boundaries. They um, establish mistrust. But if we start to vet people the way that we should vet people and we start putting together that village that we should have, we would not have to worry about some of those things. If you start early, you would not have to figure out how to put those things into place. You will have this air of discernment of like who's really there. And my parents have the air of discernment when they meet me. They know that I come wholeheartedly as a parent, just as much as I do a teacher and that I'm going to love on your child, good, bad, or indifferent. And when your kid is wrong, I'm going to tell him he's wrong. I'm going to tell you he's wrong, but I'm going to be able to validate the reason why I feel like that. But I'm never going to tear down your child and send them away. I'm going to let them know what was wrong, how they can correct it, and I'm going to hug them. Just as I did for my own village. They say, you wrong. You did da 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 And you shouldn't have done that. Now, bitch butt, but come here and give me a hug. I love you. I only want the best for you. And it's not to manipulate the mind. It's to let them know that I, they cared. But I care enough to be the person to tell you that you're doing something wrong. Be the person to tell you that you shouldn't do that. Be the person to spank your butt. Because... We don't need society to do that for you. We don't want society to do that for you. But again, my my gosh, my my day went from a high to a low, and it's still. I'm. I will tell you, I'm still on the high because I know for a fact that this kid who needed what I shared with him got what he needed, and even though it's a tiny morsel. Just like the faith of a mustard seed. He now knows that Miss Walker got him. And that I am now a part of his village, regardless of whoever else is part of it. And they may not even know that I'm part of the village, but he knows. And that's what counts. So, guys, let's start rebuilding, reconnecting, revamping, reactivating our village.
I'm so sick and tired of seeing the numbers on childhood deaths, suicides in particular, just skyrocket. Let's give them what they need, what they truly, truly deserve. Can you do that? And until next time, this is Just Call Me J. Nicole. Make sure you follow me on all of my social media outlets. I am still here on IG at Just Call Me J. Nicole. I'm on Facebook at same thing, Just Call Me J. Nicole. And last but not least, I'm on Twitter at Call Me J. Nicole. And that again is J, the letter J, N-I-C-O-L-E, if you're looking for me and you're one of my new followers. Thank you guys for just taking the moment to listen out to me and welcome again to season. It's actually season three. If you hadn't been following me, I I've realized that the other day, I think I've been saying season two, but nonetheless, it's season three. Continue to, to support me, rock with me, hold me down and follow me. And as always, you can always email me at just call me Jane Nicole at gmail.com. I look forward to a wonderful season with you guys. And again, let's reactivate the village. Be blessed, guys. Mm-hmm.